Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Hi everyone and welcome to today's podcast. There's a lot of noise going on in the background. You can hear Hudson happily playing. The kids are in their bedrooms packing boxes because we are going to be moving soon, which is very exciting, but that's for another podcast episode. And basically school holidays, (laughs) he's blowing raspberries now. School holidays came up on me way quicker than I expected. This term has just absolutely flown by, probably because it's the first full term the kids have been at school this year. Thanks, Corona. And anyway, school holidays has flown by. Usually I'm like super prepared and I've got content to keep rolling through for the company over the school holidays. This year I was not very prepared. So what I did is I went back through some of my favorite podcast episodes and I was absolutely crushed to see that this podcast, which I actually released almost 18 months ago, still only had 28 views in the Sexy Selfish Elite portal where it was originally dropped. This podcast, I think, well, it wasn't a podcast. It was originally an audio training. This audio training, I think, is one of the most profound trainings I have ever created. So I'm excited that I'm going to make it public for you guys. It definitely needs more than 28 people to get in front of this training. It's a really, really profound exercise. There is, I can pretty much, this type of work that I'm going to share on this episode about the daddy issue stuff, this type of work I did for myself, there is a stark contrast between my life before I did this work and my life after. It's made such a huge impact on my ability to manifest money, my ability to manifest my heart's true desires, and even just my relationship with myself and my parents. So it's going to be a really, really powerful episode. I know you guys are going to love it. I can't wait to hear all your feedback. As always, if anything in this has felt triggering for you, um, I have my book, Goodbye Money Guilt, which I touch on a lot of these issues as well. So if you're feeling like you want to dive into this more, reach out, send me a DM, or head on over to Amazon and grab a copy of Goodbye Money Guilt. Good morning, everyone. It's Shona here from Sexy Selfish, and today I am coming to you from my son's bedroom because my husband is homesick and taking up my office. So I'm currently sitting on a bed and there's teddies all around me and Iron Man dolls and action figures everywhere and books and just drawings all over the walls. Um, and it's surprising actually how relaxing it is sitting in here on the bed just doing some work. So today's chat is for my sexy selfish elite tribe. These are the girls who have joined my VIP monthly mentoring program who are part of my courses or who are my one-on-one coaching clients. And today I want to, I guess, first of all, start with sharing why this particular training is just for these girls. Because 
being a part of the sexy selfish elite is indicative that they have already taken some big steps towards learning about manifestation, towards um, up-leveling their personal development and understanding where their belief system comes from and how to rewire that. So this is a training that is not something people who find my page on Instagram are ready for. It's not, this is something for people who have already taken steps. They're already on the path. They're already on the journey. Because what we're going to talk about today is a little bit out there, but you'll find yourself nodding along and maybe having some of those big, oh my God, how did I not make this connection before moments? Like I did the first time I understood this concept. So what we are talking about today is the link between your relationship with money and your relationship with your parents. And specifically today, we're going to be touching on the relationship with your father. So if you're not ready to dive into that today, I would um, put a put a bookmark in this and maybe come back to it when you've got some quiet space or some time alone. This is not the type of podcast or I guess training that you want to be listening to when you are driving the kids to school and doing drop off and pick up and running around doing a million things. You, you want to take some time to listen to this and absorb it at a cellular level to really understand and make the most out of this training I put together with you guys. So first I want to ask you, what is your relationship like with your father? I just want you to have a really good think. We're going to start with the father. We might go into the mother today. We might make that a separate training. But I want you to think about what was your relationship with your father when you were a young, young child? And what was your relationship with your child or with your father in your teens? What was your relationship with your father like? What is it like now? Because most people don't realize and they can never make the connection. But their relationship with their father is usually one of the root causes of their financial lack, of their mindset, of their understanding of self-worth. And this is not a super obvious thing that people look for it's normally quite deep within so it's like pulling on that little bit of string and unraveling a gigantic huge ball of wool right it's it's something that's deep down in there but the relationship with the father is usually the cause of the financial lack um, secondary to that it can be the mother or the mum but really it's you know as women this is a group for mums a group for women it's usually it's centered around the father figure you see, as a child, all we have is our parents. Like as we grow, we have school and our friends and society and work and we fall in love and everything. But in those early years, in those super, super important years where our brain is figuring out and creating pathways, it's creating the systems essentially. It's creating our rules in our own brain for how we perceive the world, for how we do things, how we act, how we think, how we behave. All that is happening when the main influences in our life are our parents. So they are on a huge pedestal at that point in our life when we, our brains are like sponges. That's when we are kind of like forming all of our beliefs about the world is where we put our parents on a pedestal at the same time. And why wouldn't we? I mean, at that point in our life, our parents are the ones that provide shelter and food and water and affection and they really they keep us alive right if your parents just disappeared off the face of the earth and you were three years old you probably wouldn't last too long okay we've all seen jimmy neutron movie they were a bit older obviously but 
you have to think like they, without our parents, we wouldn't have survived. If they didn't feed us, if they didn't shelter us, we would literally die. So there was a good reason that we put our parents on a pedestal at that young age, that we want their approval, that we want to keep in their good books. Because you think uh, from a survival perspective, um, for a long, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, or ever done any research into Greek history, probably not, or the classics history. I loved classic history and studied it all through high school. But the Spartans, if their child was not, you know, function, if they were not fully functioning, the most optimal human that a child could be, they would leave it out on the rocks to be taken by wolves and to die. So if your child was born with a deformity, if they had, you know, intellectual delays, if they couldn't, you know, anything that was happening, they're deaf, blind, couldn't see, they would essentially, you know, weed out. It's a, it's a survival mechanism. So as children, and that's just indicative and representative of a larger part of our history, I guess, that, that particular analogy. There's a reason that we want our parents' approval. We want to do the right thing because if we don't, our parents are the ones, at that point in our life, our parents are the ones that can take away our basic survival. They can decide whether we live or die. And that's one of the most basic things we understand as children, really, that we have to do the right thing to get what we need to survive. And, you know, then there comes a point later on that we realise we are capable of doing our own things, we're capable of making decisions and taking care of our own survival. But as children, we have good reason to want to keep in our parents' good books, to do the right thing, to make them happy with us, to not do anything that could possibly provoke them deciding to take away love and affection and food and water and a, a roof over our head. The other big thing about the relationship with your father and being, you know, as a children, as a child, we don't have any logic and reasoning at that age everything is emotion based like as a six month old you can't logically understand that you cry when you can't get to sleep or that when you're feeling a little bit too hot you you know throw a tantrum we can't logic we don't have that logic and reasoning to understand the cause and effect of our behavior we don't have that critical thinking so we tend to take everything personally all right, we, we can't understand if mum and dad are fighting that it's not about us or we can't understand that when someone else is hurt, it wasn't our fault sometimes. We don't have that, that reasoning. We can't take it to the next level where we understand the logic behind it. So what we do is take everything personally. So one of the examples from one of my clients, um, her dad worked a lot he was a salesman with a company and he did lots of work interstate. He was always flying to Canberra and to Perth and he was, you know, always, always busy. There was no structure. It was not a nine to five. It was not a Monday to Friday. He would be gone for a couple of weeks at a time and then back for a few days and then gone again. And she just, you know, as her entire childhood was spent in this kind of up and down cycle. As well as that, it was intensified by the fact that her mother had one very, you know, very strong parts of her personality when she was mothering by herself um, and then when her father would come home, the, the entire dynamic of the house would change as well. So it was a very amplified experience of her father being home and being away. Father was always at work and, you know, work is important. Work pays for the food, pays for the shelter, pays for the roof over her head, it pays for school fees and it paid for all of her gymnastic lessons and everything. But as a child, 
our interpretation of that because we can't understand the logic and the reasoning unless you've you know got parents who sit you down and explain how the world works when you're four years old we the children don't understand that so our interpretation as much as we can interpret about the world so we can take all this situation and, and to our level of understanding as a young child is he never makes time for me so we think that our dad doesn't want to be there she thought that her dad didn't like being home um you know and they and her mum and dad would have arguments because she would be, you know, keeping everything running for three weeks. He would be back for a couple of days and the whole thing would shift. And then she would have to, he would go away again and she'd have to get the kids back into a routine. So as an adult, um, my client could look back and see that those fights were, you know, because of a reason. She always, in her head, she didn't see that. In her head, she felt like it was something that she had done. Something she had done wrong or that she wasn't enough, okay? So when... At a childhood level, we take that he never makes time for me, which is not true. I'm sure the dad, like her father loved spending time with her, but he never makes time for me because we can't understand the logic of work equals survival. She interprets that he never makes time for me, which essentially leads back to her feeling not worthy. She feels not worthy of love. She feels like she is not good enough, that she doesn't deserve that love that there's something intrinsically incomplete about her I would say that you know a lot of the clients I work with not all of them but a lot of the clients that I work with one-on-one in a mentoring place um, you know we have to go through this particular process with clearing things out um, around father and relationships really Um, Not every single client, but the majority of them, which tells me that this is a really, really, really common issue, especially for women. Lots of um, the clients that I work with have a father who they would label and they would classify as someone who was maybe neglective, Um, you know, whether that is in the, the sense that we expresses the fact that they were maybe like selfish and only cared about themselves or didn't didn't fully um take care of their children in in a way that you would expect sometimes that neglect could also be like emotional neglect like never fully connecting with the children um you know maybe maybe in that forms of neglect the narcissistic type of behavior um which you know i'm going to be open with you guys i definitely had to clear a lot out with my own father going through this process and narcissism was something that came up, um, you know, in my relationship with my dad. He, my dad is an, an incredible man, but he's never said, I'm proud of you. He's never said um, sorry either, which was a big thing for me to not say sorry when you have hurt someone and when you know like a very much from a pride or an ego place, very um, what I view as manipulative for a long time. So there can be that neglect, narcissism, um, abusive physically, sexually or emotionally, unfortunately. Like I hate that that is such a common part of this, but it is. Um, You know, physical abuse, sexual or even the emotional abuse. And a lot of that can be with um, around fathers and daughters happening in, in, in teenage years. You know, there's your body starts to change. You start becoming this woman. And often a lot of the time fathers do not know how to relate to daughters when they are in that transition. They don't know, you know, whether to hug you. When is it appropriate to give you a hug? When is it appropriate to talk to you? They feel very, and this disconnect happens. It is often during that time, our teenage years, 
where we need our fathers the most. But unfortunately, there's this, you know, part of the, the male brain that goes, this is so unknown to me. It is so scary. I don't know how to be a dad to this creature, this 15, 16, 17 year old female creature. Um, and they will just avoid in response to that. And that's where you get that breakdown of relationship, especially in those teenage years. Um, another thing is definitely, you know, come, dealing with things like alcohol and drugs. They would definitely, some of my clients would definitely say that their, their parents were alcoholics. Drug addicts had, you know, substance abuse issues as well. There's definitely things there. Understanding when, you know, when I'm working through this with my clients, understanding that the words that they use to describe their relationship with their father is usually a really, really good indicator of their relationship with money. Okay, this is where we're going to tie in before I start traumatizing you guys going back into your childhood. But this is where the link comes in. How you relate to your father, what you think about your father, your relationship, how you treat each other is often a really, really, really good indicator. Like usually it is exactly the same. It's like, you know, a kid put a bunch of paint on a picture a bunch of paint on a piece of paper, fold it in half, you open it up and on one side you've got the money relationship, one side you've got father relationship, guess what, they're exactly the same. I'm only saying that because I got stuck at kindy this morning doing the exact same thing with my daughter and I was like, oh, look, there we go, that's a great analogy. She did a very, 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 very pretty green butterfly. So <laughs> when I'm coaching my clients, when I'm doing, you know, one-on-one sessions with them, I'm always listening to the, to the words that they are saying subconsciously because they show me the root cause of why they are struggling financially and often why they're struggling to make money in their business, they're struggling to get clients, they're struggling to develop new patterns around money. Um, and it's, it's not so I don't go straight out and say like, I need you to tell me the labels of your father so I can help you work through this. But they'll often say things just in our conversations, in our coaching. And I can, I pick these up. I always make a note of them because they'll say things like, he was never there. I wanted him to be there so badly, but he just, he would just never show up. Um, you know, my parents were separated and even when our dad had us, it just seemed like he never really wanted us. You know, he'd always have something else to do or he'd have to go into work and they'll say my dad was never around. It was like he'd always disappear. I don't want him in my life. In fact, you know what, I've built up such a wall and I just want to keep him out forever. I'm not interested in having a relationship with him. I've been too hurt before. I just don't want to do it. It's like my dad had time for everyone else, but never any time for me. I felt like I was being ignored. Um, for me, a big one was I felt like an employee. Um, they're just always just, just guiding my life, telling me exactly what to do. Wasn't allowed to question anything. Wasn't allowed to, um, yeah, like just, he was just in such control of my life. My dad had such control of my life. And it's during these coaching and these one-on-one sessions that, you know, these statements are actually so, so freaky almost, okay? Especially I, I to go and tell my client to say everything they just said about their dad, about their relationship with money. So now it's like, okay, so that's your relationship. Okay, so if I inserted, if I took out the way dad and I put in money and we make it present tense, would it be exactly the same? So the things I just shared with you, it would turn into, you know, money's never there. I want it to be there so badly, but it just never shows up. Or money's never around. It's like it always just disappears out of my life. I don't want money in my life. In fact, I build up such a wall to keep them out forever because I just can't deal with getting hurt again. It's like money is there for everyone else but me. I just feel like I'm being so ignored. 
you see how those or in my in the case of my my relationship with my dad it's I feel so controlled by money it, it doesn't let me do things it let me do things and everything is you know this this just tight restrictive suffocating control so suddenly everything starts to make sense and a light bulb goes off it might be going off for you right now the story about your father has literally infiltrated every area of your life including money there's always going to be some people and this might be you when you're listening to this always going to be some people have a pretty good relationship with their father growing up and that's fantastic and I'm so happy for you the irony is the impact from a few negative beliefs they did have about their father can be just as potent as say someone who had an alcoholic father so I've got clients with an incredible relationship with their father I mean best friends have gone on vacations for months together to talk on the phone every single day and we can wind back into the past you know because there will still be something there there will still be a tiny 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 seed of doubt seat of I'm not good enough you know with one of my particular clients she's an amazing incredible relationship with her father and we started diving into this she's like no no no, it definitely can't be that and we you know we went in and we did a hypnosis and it came back to a time when she was about 13 and she was so excited because she worked so hard on a project for school it was an art project really really exciting and she got a 98.5 percent and obviously she's ecstatic it was really 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 lots of effort she loved doing the project she got a really great grade and she went to, you know, tell her parents about it and show them the report and everything. And her dad said, but it's only art. doesn't count for anything. Come back when you've got a 98.5 in physics. And that one comment, even though she had an incredible relationship with the dad, one comment, and you never know where that comment may have been. He might have had a really, really crappy day at work. He might have just heard about a friend who's going something real, through something really traumatic in his marriage and it's just, you know, he's grumpy. Maybe he just hadn't had enough sugar or enough coffee and he was tired. And this one comment slipped out that had been influencing the rest of her life of feeling not good enough, feeling not worthy. Okay? So even, you know, some of my clients with alcoholic parents and some of my clients with amazing parents and one bad comment can still have the same type of blocks around money. So if you're listening to this and thinking that you had a great relationship with your father, you probably did and that's amazing. But if, you know, in a couple of months time you're still feeling blocked around money, come back and let's have a chat about it. As a child under seven or eight, everything is relative, okay? Everything feels personal. And then you don't really have much experience to kind of contrast your upbringing with other kids' crazy upbringings, okay? Um, you know, I was raised in an incredible country area everyone knew everyone my parents were together they were normally pretty happy and you know I didn't have a lot to compare to I had no idea about third world countries I had no idea about all these other types of relationships or or abusive parents or drug addict parents I really had no idea there are other kids out there with crazier upbringings than you that doesn't disvalue what you're going through so I find that people who've had a generally good relationship with their father growing up still have shit to deal with to improve their financial situation more. You know, there's still some stuff buried in there. This whole theory is also applicable, obviously, to your relationship with your mother, particularly if that relationship was traumatic or strained. I have also had to go through this process with my mother. Um, my mother influenced a lot of my um, behavior around my eating disorder, how I viewed myself, my worth as a woman. 
Um, this was different from, you know, my father's, the issues I have with my father, the issues I have with my mother are completely separate. They are standalone issues that I've had to work through in a different way. But all of it has affected the way I, you know, my financial abundance, my ability to manifest my relationship with money. If you're someone who's wanting to heal your relationship with money, make more business revenue and get more clients, the fastest and most effective thing you should be focusing on is healing your beliefs about your father and mother, okay? And the best thing I find to do with that, what what worked for me, and I've obviously spent years working on this, I have... Um, you know, enrolled in programs, I've worked with mentors, I've had quantum healing sessions or um, what is it called? RTT therapy around going back and healing some childhood traumas. Um, If you are interested in learning more about that, you can certainly flick me an email, send me a DM and let's have a chat and I can probably point you in the right direction of an amazing healer who you could work with. But for me, The most incredible thing I've been able to do, and it always comes back to journaling. You guys know how passionate I am about journaling. Take some time, get your journal out, and I want you to write the most angriest, most hate-filled, releasing letter you have ever written to your parent. I want you to really go back deep. Think, you know, when was the first time you felt unworthy? When was the first time you felt not enough? And I want you to write it out in such specific, clear detail. What did it feel like? How did your body burn when they embarrassed you like that? What was the first moment you felt unworthy? And that was, you know, your loss of innocence. You split into two halves, the person you were before, the person you were after that moment. Journal to the depths of your core about all these experiences. Get it out completely. Cry all over the page. Write as much as you need to write. Release. Let it all out. Scream into a pillow. Hit a punching bag. Go for a rage run. I want you to journal and, and get all that energy out. And then once you've done that, I want you to visualize reading this. Letter. I want you to go back, visualize being in that moment, in the first moment you felt unworthy, in the time he told you, you know, that's, you know, well, you need an A+. plus. I don't care if it was an A, you need an A+. plus. All the times they weren't there, all the times they would leave, all the times they made comments about, your weight or that other girl in your class who's really pretty. Every time they made you feel unworthy, I want you to visualize standing in front of them and actually saying what you felt. So someone who, you know, got told that an A plus wasn't good enough and it should have been an A, I want you to visualize yourself as a seven-year-old girl, as a nine-year-old girl, whatever age you were, in that situation, looking into your father's eyes and I want you to say exactly what you want to say. Dad, how dare you? I have worked so incredibly. I want you to release all that rage. Say it as angrily as you need to say. You can journal it. You can say it out loud. Whatever you need to do. I want you to go through that process. You will cry. But you need to release that because what's without going completely into the depths of the physics, quantum theory, um, you know, the multiverse, Oh, okay, I'm I'm not even going to touch on that because that's an entire four-hour physics podcast if you want. But essentially, they've almost completely proven that time is relative. Time is happening in every single moment. There is no such thing as this linear time that we think we are experiencing. Your past and your present and your future is all happening right now. So you need to be able to visualize and reach back into that past, heal that trauma so that you can move forward. 
So when you're visualizing, after you've gone through that process, you've visualized, you've journaled, you've meditated, you've spent some, you've released all that pent up energy. I want you to then take time to write a letter of thanks, of gratitude for all the lessons and all the love you did get. I want you to, you can go through this process if your parents are alive, if they've passed on, that is totally okay. But this is for you. Remember, this is not for them. They don't need that. You need this. This is about you. Um, and if you're thinking in terms of, I don't want to forgive someone. I don't want it to be okay. What they did hurt me. But you not forgiving them, I'm not saying you have to be their best friend. You have to be back in their life every single day. You have to allow them completely behind the wall. But you need to let go so that you can move on. You can see how there's this big block just sitting in your life, sapping all your energy. When you are holding on to hate every day, when you are holding on to trauma every day, that takes from your energy. And you need all of your energy to be attracting and manifesting and calling in abundance. But if your energy is dulled, if you're only put, being able to put out 2% of your energy because 98 of it is stored up in this resentment and anger and frustration and feeling of unworthiness, you need to clear that out first. That's what's holding you back. So then focus after you've gone through that visualization and that healing, focus on gratitude, on thanks, on healing your relationship with that person, alive or dead. Just write a letter of thanks. And then this letter never has to see the light of day. You can fold it up and keep it in your bottom drawer. You can burn it. You can flush it. You can cut it up into tiny pieces. You can do whatever you need to do with it. But you just need to release it out of your body. Okay? So that's our little session on money mindset and daddy issues and I guess from there I would just love to hear you guys feedback if you have more questions if you want to dive deeper in this if you want to do this exercise together if you want to go through this healing and, and journaling and visualization and gratitude if you want to do that with someone send me a dm send me a message and let's book a time to have a bit of a chat but in the meantime um just keep going with the money for money program you're doing amazing I hope this little training is going to help you along with that journey. And in the Sexy Selfish Elite Hub, there is also the mini training on forgiveness. So if you're looking for kind of a structure to go about this forgiveness work, that will work really great for you as well. Well, there we go, guys. Best of luck. And I can't wait to hear your feedback about this session. Bye. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a little love note by tagging me at sexy underscore selfish. To check out more of the Sexy Selfish podcast or to grab some of my little goodies, head on over to the freebie hub at www.sexyselfish.com. It's totally free and it's jam-packed with hours and hours of content for you. Thank you so much for being here with me today on The Sexy Selfish Show and showing up today to become the best version of you. I'm sure you got so much out of today's episode and I know that I really did as well. If there is someone in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode and some of the things we shared about, please share it with them right now. It's as easy as just sharing the link and you could literally change someone's life. 
Remember, it is time to stop delaying your happiness.